sling thing in the 5.0. That red on black is convertible. Oh, I'm an island boy. <laughs> fucking island girl's ass. No, yeah, that one was funny. That guy's a crackhead. On the, like, that dude's a crackhead. Oh, for right. sure. <laughs> On, like on the last podcast, they do like for their stream, they do like TikTok comps sometimes. Yeah, what like was that one that you just you sent me last night too? What was that? Was there's the last pod. Uh, last I think stream. that was the link too, but then I found it and just downloaded it and sent oh, it to you. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, they do like cringe like TikToks. There's so many cringe. old people. There's so many old people on TikToks just making like weird, TikToks. yeah, making yeah. like shit like that. Yeah, <laughs> it's fucking those. Yeah, those are even funnier because it's like. Kind of, I don't. Someone get your grandpa. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like they don't even understand social media. They're trying to do something funny, and it's just like this is just funny because you don't know what the fuck you're doing. It's really weird if it was serious. And it's like the all like the old like weird perverts, all oh, like God. like showing how fast they can like lick their tongue and stuff like like. I haven't gotten to that tongue. part of TikTok yet. I don't <laughs> even have one. <laughs> I don't, I, don't, I don't either, yeah. Uh, my, mine's all, like, conspiracy theories and, like, ghost videos. That yeah. doesn't surprise me. <laughs> you know, if, if I had to pick two for you, that those would probably be about it. Some of the like some of the things these people think is fucking hilarious to me. It really is. Yeah. There was there was one lady the other day that kind of blew up. She was saying that, like, ancient, like Alexander was a was a girl, actually. Alexander, as an Alexander, Alexander the Great, Great, yeah. You mean the one we have statues of everywhere? The one that had children, yeah, <laughs> like with, with like he was married to Cleopatra. Uh, there's also like one where they said just like Rome didn't exist; Rome was just made up. What the fuck is in the middle of Italy now? Then? <laughs> it's all a hoax. Oh no! It's just a black hole in the middle of Italy. Well, no, it like like exist. ancient Rome, like never happened. Oh, ancient. Okay, okay. You know, okay, totally. Again, not. stuff we have. Plenty Very of evidence concrete, of concrete proof of existence. I mean, yeah, there's like that the Colosseum marble proof. and all that stuff. Like. Yeah, the Colosseum, the fucking gladiuses we find buried every fucking where. You know, all the fucking artifacts everywhere. Yeah. For years, it's been conspiracy theories about the pyramids. Now we got to move over to other cultures. That's true. We got to go to Rome. They didn't do it. They weren't there. There's uh the one like TikTok I think it was. There's like. The sissy of Fremont Street. It's like this old, like, creepy-looking bald dude, and he's just like, I'm looking for a white bitch to come <laughs> and put me in a dress and beat my ass. What? I'm a sissy Gemini. <laughs> I'm a sissy Gemini. That's what he said. I'm just a sub looking for a dom out here. White bitches only. <laughs> he's like a real Christian in that aspect. Oh <laughs> Don't start with Chris Chan on here. <laughs> the whites only. Uh, God, what what is this? What does this become? So, what are we gonna be talking about today, Seth? Uh, today we will go into Dark Souls lore. Wait, uh, hold up! Specifically, the first what? game. Hold no, up! It's too late. It's it's happened. No, you, you can't. Mo- you can't. Motherfuckers are always the one. You can't magically edit this out. You guys are always the one about. You gotta do the intro. You got, and then you just skip over top of it, and then you act like I'm the crazy one for saying something about it. Yeah, well, I figured we could do well, it. No, hold anytime. on, I just want to say on record, I didn't say a single word. 
I know. We've also I'm, done the intro at the end of the video and then done the outro before. That um, did happen once. Only once. <laughs> only once. We literally did the intro followed by the outro. <laughs> that was a good episode. <laughs> we were just into it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> we didn't talk about anything. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that was episode. the Crusader Kings episode, wasn't yeah. it? <laughs> unintentionally, yeah, unintentionally, we just, we just yes, like, talking. But you guys just showed up to my house and we talked about it, and it was like three hours later. Yeah, unintentionally Crusader Kings, but <laughs> the still new DLC Crusader for Kings. that comes out soon. What the new DLC for that comes out soon? Ooh, yeah. well, which uh, what one is that this time? I know you got the Norseman one. Well, and then uh, it's like the royal court, so like you actually have like a court, and then you can like hang up like banners, and you can get like artifact like weapons and stuff, Ooh. and then you can like equip them to people, and they give them like special bonuses and stuff. Oh, that'd be that'd be. A really cool mechanic for that game and if they're adding like house banners like you get a dynasty banner and then you can have a banner for each like like level of title you hold so like you have like a duchy a kingdom and like, an, an empire, empire one uh-huh. yeah. and then like they give you different bonuses and stuff like yeah. that no that's that's a that sounds like a really good dlc for the game yeah. assuming they do it right i think that'll be i mean all the stuff they've been putting out looks pretty cool yeah assuming they actually handle it right i think it'll be a very very big bonus for that game yeah but what's up, guys? Welcome to Room to Talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <Hell Schmuck>. yeah. <laughs> I'm Bud Walker. Mike McCloskey. I'm Seth. How dare you Not steal Logan. the fucking intro from me? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> That's a good one. He just came in here. He's he like, you know what? I'm gonna take this. You know what? I do too. I like it. He's like, I'm gonna take matters into my own hands. I'm gonna start this motherfucker. <laughs> Free. How, how's everyone been doing since we last talked? Good. It's been a week. Yeah, it's been a week. It's, it's, been, a good, it's been a week. <laughs> let me yeah. tell you that. Yeah. That's forever, man. I guess. A lot no, changes really. in a week. No, not really. It really does. I'm just being dramatic. Well, for me. Yeah. Our new semester started. Yeah. Hell yeah. I didn't even register for classes till Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I, uh, yeah, I've already done a homework assignment. Real, I got fucking designated... In my capstone, I got designated as my group's fucking programmer. That's going to suck all year. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of... And just, then I'm also in a programming class where I also have to make another fucking big-ass program. So I'm going to be doing a lot of programming over the next fucking half a year. It just seems kind of crazy to me that you can get to capstone and not, like, really oh, yeah. program at all. Yeah, the reason I'm the programmer, by the way, is because we were in the fucking group chat and everybody was like... I don't know how to program. And my stupid ass fucking opened his mouth and was like, I can program in three languages. And then, boom, I'm the fucking programmer now. Yeah, you definitely shouldn't have said that. Yeah, no, it just kind of fucking happened. And then, yeah, and everybody else in my group's like, I don't know how to program. I'm like, how the fuck do you make it to senior year of Capstone in fucking computer (laughs) science and not know how to program in at least one language? Like, it just... (laughs) Preferably your own. Yeah. Especially with, like, the project you guys have to do. That doesn't sound fun. No, it isn't, because the project's not like any other programming project I've ever done. It's, like, literal big apps, like, ones that go on your phone and do shit. Like, one year, a group made, they developed an app on your phone where you press a button, and it sends your GPS location data to the police and calls 911. That's cool. It's basically make something that people get paid to make. Yeah, make something that actual development teams in the world get paid to make you know development teams that have multiple programmers on the thing because programming takes fucking make sure you have the money for the patent yeah exactly (laughs) while you're doing it 
and like yeah he wants it to be functional it has to it, like we he literally said he will deny projects that are not uh ambitious enough <laughs> so like it's it's got to be a yeah, it's gonna suck. decent sized program and i find the only one that knows how to program i can't even get help from my group so this is gonna be fun and then i also have to basically do the same thing except a little bit watered down in my other class which is a programming class <laughs> Because I have C and C++ programming this year, too. Ooh. Yeah. So this will be a fun semester. Fun time. Fun time. You know what else is a fun time? What? Dark Souls. I wouldn't know because I haven't played it before. But Seth's going to tell us about it. Right, Seth? Yeah. So like I said before, Brad so rudely interrupted us to do this intro. Hey, you know what? You know what? (laughs) It got done. (laughs) It did get done. Um, That's all I got to say about that. It'll specifically, for the most part, be Dark Souls 1 only lore. Um, The only thing, the only exceptions will be if something was introduced in 2 and 3 that further explains stuff in 1. Okay. Because there were a lot of questions in 1 that weren't answered until 2 or 3 came out. And if we're going to get a whole story of everything that happened in Dark Souls 1, we we need to pull from two and three. It's, so it's, once again, get that this it. is a podcast about spoilers. Yes, there are going to be spoilers. Very many. <laughs> so if you've never played Dark Souls, it, I mean, it is spoilers, but at the same time, something that's really cool about Dark Souls lore is if you play the game and you just play the game, you will never know any of this. Right. Really. Right. There's very little that's explicitly stated. It's like you have to go out and find this type of stuff in the you world. You literally right? have to read the item descriptions mm-hmm. because on, on each item description, there's normally a quote. And then from that quote, you have to link it to another item description mm-hmm. or a soul description and then just link it all together and pull it into an actual cohesive story. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's really cool about Dark Souls is it tells a story without telling the story. Yeah, yeah like you said, there's is, probably some people who have like fucking played this game for hundreds of hours and don't even know some of the shit that you're yeah, about to like tell us. If you don't look up videos, for the most part, it's really hard to link this stuff together yourself. And a lot of it, even though we have three games... Bloodborne even kind of introduced some lore. Like, even though we have all these games, a lot of the lore is still guesswork. And a lot of it is still up to interpretation. Like, Hmm. it says this, but this could mean this or this. Like, which one do you believe kind of Mm. deal. There is a lot of it, there isn't a hard and fast answer. Hmm. It's just the way they word it, their narration and stuff. And what few friends I know that play those games, it's just... Oh, keep going. Oh, thank you. You're fine. Um, <laughs> what few friends I know that played uh, the series, they just, um, the term they would use is vague. It's very vague. It is. And uh, a lot of the lore can even differ between the Japanese version and the English version just because of the translations. That didn't happen so much in one, but in two, there were a couple prominent characters where if you played the English version, the translation read this, but in the Japanese version, it read this. Right. And this one is a completely different meaning from this one. Right. So, like, this character is one of two. Like, which yeah. I would believe more which is a common the, the Japanese translation because that's what the games are developed in. Yeah. Um, a common thing that happens with uh, Japanese but, translations. But like yeah, it does. Mangas to animes. And obviously now video games when they do the same thing. Because there are... Uh, 
JRPGs and stuff yeah. like that. There are just certain but words that don't translate well. It's actually interesting because when you said dark, when you hit when you hit the schedule and we're talking about Dark Lords, the like I said, I haven't played it. So to me, I've only seen homies play it, and I only understand it as like, oh, that's that really hard combat game, right? Yeah. And then like you said lore, and I was like. Duh, you dummy! Like, there's fucking there's there's a reason why it's a game. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I I'm doing just, something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> these things. A story. Yeah, I was like, I don't just like I've always just watched people and they're just like, oh, dude, it's so hard. You gotta, you know, you gotta beat it so many times and like then there's multiple ones of them and stuff. And I never got into the series. And like, yeah, it was just like cool thinking. I was just like, kind of like the. uh well, I didn't know anything about Warhammer, so it's not exactly like that. But again, it's like I don't know shit about it, so it is kind of cool to like get into it. Oh yeah, and Dark Souls lore is probably especially with these fucking pictures you sent me because they look sweet as fuck. They really do. Dark Souls lore is probably my favorite lore set other than Warhammer. What is the order of the games? Like what? Because you were you were Demons. saying about how like Blood Bloodborne like somewhat introduces if, if lore I and stuff. Right, so like, there's some things that hint at stuff in Bloodborne. But it's probably a separate universe. Yeah, so like the a list of all the order games. Order of the games goes Demon Souls, which released for the PS3. Yeah, it was a PS3 exclusive, and that was the and, only one I've played really. Like yeah. I at least like played through. Okay. I played like the other ones like a little bit, but never like beat yeah. it or anything. Demon Souls was the first one, and honestly, there <laughs> is lore in that. But it seems like after Demon Souls came Dark Souls. And that's kind of where it seems like they start canonically in terms of, like, cohesive lore. I mean, there was a lore to Demon Souls. Like, there, there was. But it seems like it's separate from Dark Souls, well, from what I've seen. From what I know about Demon Souls, there's, a, there's, like, different, like, you go, you have, like, a shrine thing, and you go out to different, like, worlds based on that shrine. But there's one of them that are broken, and it's called the Land of the Giants. Yeah. And a lot of people think that's where Dark Souls takes place. Mm. Yeah, that's. And so, like, all the Demon Souls lore kind of is over here where the Dark Souls lore is, like, in another container, basically. Yeah, I mean, it was never, like, confirmed or anything like that. It's just, like, a speculation. Yeah, well, like... Is Demon Souls the ones that they remastered for the PS5? Yes, Mm -hmm. Yes. it's a PS5 exclusive. So it's the original. Yeah. It does make me sad. It makes me sad because I'm probably not getting a PS5 (laughs) just for Demon Souls. Yeah. Unfortunately, but I would love to play Demon Souls. I'm getting a PS5 once they stop being a fucking thousand dollars. Yeah. Demon Souls was cool because it was, like, every time you die, the game just got harder. Like each each level has like it was called a world tendency and like the more you died in the world like the world tendency got blacker and that means harder enemies would spawn and like special mobs would spawn so like the more you died in the world just the harder the game got yeah damn I really like yeah. that. that's I not really good for me I actually like that I thought that was a really cool thing and it's that's not kinda, good for me you know hearing about that is what got me into Dark Souls one and Dark Souls one has all this lore we're gonna talk about and then they launched my favorite which is Dark Souls two which by the way, that is a, that is a fucking hot take right there. People are going to, if anybody that actually likes Dark Souls listens to this podcast, they are going to fucking slam us in the comments. They're going to slam 2, you in the yeah, comments. Dark Souls 2 is like the black sheep of the whole fucking series. A lot of people hate it, and I love it. I, it is my favorite is the, by far. We should have named this the Black Sheep Podcast. <laughs> No, that's the next, the next Dark, Dark Souls one you do. Yeah. We're be talking Fair about enough. Two. So, um, like, I love 2. 2, I think, was really well done. I like the changes. There are some. Honestly, 2 got easier and harder at the same time because they added extra stats and did a bunch of stuff. We'll talk about it when we actually talk about 2. But um, just know a lot of people don't like 2. I really do. 
After two came Bloodborne. Okay. Bloodborne was a PS3 4 exclusive. Yeah. Um, I remember that. I remember Carson it playing it. It has guns. It doesn't. It has <laughs> yeah. no shields. I remember Carson uh, um, playing that a lot. And it has like your hunter has trick weapons. So like your axe, you know, a lot of axes just extend into a big pole arm, or like <laughs> you have a sword, and when you sheath it, it sheaths into a giant ass hammer, <laughs> and then you just fucking slam it. Um, There's like that sight thing that is like kind of like a short sword almost, and then like you pop it out, and it's like a bigger like sight thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, like, you get a lot of trick weapons, and like he said, there's guns, um, and the whole premise of Bloodborne is, like, beasts are overrunning the city, but they're not actually beasts, they're people that have been transformed by old god blood, if I remember exactly right. I've been watching a lot of So it's Attack on Titan. Kinda, yeah. <laughs> um, I've been watching more videos on that, because Bloodborne lore is really cool, and Bloodborne's probably my second favorite game even though that's actually the one game in the series i've never beaten other than demon souls because i've never played it i think it's my favorite aesthetic like the like it's like kind of yeah, like victorian it, like yeah Indian and it's style. got like these victorian yeah. really cool victorian aesthetics like you know the hunters have that tricorn brimmed hat yeah and mm. like they're all wearing like trench coats and it yeah, just looks I mean, really fucking yeah. cool like Van i remember Helsing, the, yeah i remember of. like trench coat type yeah. yeah it looks some of that armor those armor sets look really cool and i yeah i do really like the aesthetic of bloodborne i think the end boss is like a dude in the wheelchair right Let's yeah hmm. yeah uh, well that's that's the <laughs> no. first ending the actual true end boss is the moon presence oh um, which I have is to try one of like these. The moon. <laughs> Fuck, not gonna fight the moon yeah, now. You do. And if you don't, act, and there's three umbilical cords in the game, and if you don't get those and eat them, you the moon presence takes over your mind. Oh, that's not cool. Yeah, they're god umbil- umbilical cords. It's okay. <laughs> Might have to try one of these after this. <laughs> yeah, no, the fucking lore in Bloodborne is awesome. Like, oh. it's really cool because the. Uh, the moon presence is one of the old ones, which are basically gods that normal people can't see. It's when you acquire eyes on the inside of your head, hmm. which is called insight, that you can actually eventually start to see them. Hmm. And the old gods, the basically the cycle with them is they want they yearn for a child, so they impregnate somebody. The child almost the child always dies, and then they yearn for another child, and then the cycle just keeps continuing. Is and it Zeus? Basically, yeah, no, the old gods are basically Zeus. They just impregnate a bunch of women, and then uh, something always happens in the game. They die. You find the baby. Uh, I think only one of the babies you kill, and then you eat their umbilical cord. Sorry, baby, I need this umbilical cord, or else the moon's going to take over my mind. Yeah, basically. Yeah, that's what happens when you kill when you kill the hunter in the wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've ever, have you seen the cutscene? I think, yeah. That big beast floats down mm. and then he, you know, he grabs you and then you're in the wheelchair because he takes over your mind. Mm. The, the moon presence, for whatever reason, is trying to kill the other old ones. That's the whole point of the hunter's dream. And that's why they force hunters to go through, through that. And then, you know, cause you do kill other old ones in the game. And then by the end, you have, they have no more use for you. So they, you either let Gurnham kill you. Which completely wipes your hunter's mind. It, he does not remember a single thing he did hmm. for that whole night. Or you kill Gurnum, the uh, moon presence takes you over, and then you become the new him. Or you eat those three umbilical cords and then fight off the moon presence and kind of end the dream forever. So, those are just kind of that. After Bloodborne came Dark Souls 3. Dark Souls 3 is... 
was said to be the last Dark Souls. Um, it's kind of up in the air to whether or not Elden Ring, which is the new one that's coming out in like a mm. month, is going to be linked in any way, mm-hmm. shape, or form in terms of lore. Mm-hmm. We don't know. But as when Dark Souls 3 came out, I do remember Miyazaki, I believe, said, that's it, we're done with Dark Souls, we will not do another one. But now Elden Ring's it's, coming yeah, out. Yeah, and it's so popular, like, even now. So, like, like I don't, a hundred percent know if it is linked in any way shape or form mm. but that's to be remain to be seen well, it, it drops on the 22nd i think of this month or not this month of uh, february because it's still january it's still this month yeah oh is it is it february well this upcoming month yeah it drops within 30 days so this, Sometime is, this is a good soon. podcast uh, if you want to catch up on Dark Souls one <coughs> before Elden Ring learn drops. anything about it like me. I mean, if they really are serious about ending Dark Souls, it, like where it's at with the trilogy, then I mean, every other title they've had has only been a one and done game, no continuation. So they may just keep that pattern or not. It doesn't. Who knows? Yeah. No, Elden Ring looks really good. By the way, like if you're, looking I've been for, seeing it all around. I haven't seen really a trailer, but good. I see that. Uh, that cover photo of yeah. Elden Ring, it looks and then you've been talking about it. So I haven't actually looked into it, but I, I obviously from this, I'm uh, probably going to. Yeah, I'm I'm picking it up, and I do believe. I don't know which one would be better to play it on. It would be my unlike every PS4 other, Pro or my PC. Well, if you get PC, we can play together. I'm pretty sure. I was literally about to say I'm pretty sure. Unlike every other Souls game, online cooperation is actually easier in Elden Ring. Yeah. yeah, I don't think you have to keep loading in like every time you do something. Oh, yeah. I wasn't sorry. I was talking about like the Dark Souls. Oh, Dark Souls. I play Dark Souls with a controller no matter what I what platform I play it on. So do with that what you will. Um, I don't like the keyboard and mouse with yeah. Dark Souls. It, it yeah, I was going to say it right. probably wouldn't be. It, it's not. It's way easier with a, with a controller. I got The Witcher 3 the other day and I was trying. I started with the keyboard and mouse. Nope. And you're like, no. Can't do it. <laughs> no. It's not one of them. Yeah. I mean, you can. I mean, don't get me wrong. People do, but but yeah, just yeah, so yeah, it's so much easier. We'll start with uh, Dark Souls One. We will not finish it during this podcast. I guarantee you that because one, my script's not done. Uh, <laughs> kid was uh, not having a good night last night, so I didn't get a chance to finish it. Um, and I also didn't get a chance to write it the way I wanted to. I wanted to take bits and pieces from a bunch of different videos because, like we talked about, the lore in Dark Souls is a lot of interpretation. Mm-hmm. Um, so the more opinions, the more complete picture we can generate. Mm. But because of that, I didn't, because of the kid, you know, having yeah. a bad night, I yeah. didn't really get a chance to do all that. So I pulled almost all of my information from like a singular video. Mm-hmm. Granted, it was a three hour video and I typed six pages and I only got 20 minutes into the video. So <laughs> yeah, there's a lot here, <laughs> but, uh, so like it's gonna be kind of monologue one track deal where hey, it's all right. Uh, we don't get a ton of side stories. We just kind of get the main story for now. That's fine. But there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, and what I have written down, technically, I could go further if we need if we have time on the podcast today because where I ended the script is basically where the undead's journey starts, hmm. which is the start of the game. Hmm. So. I've played the game enough. I can walk us through the game and, yeah. you know, bring up those characters and whatnot. It's not that hard. 
I just won't know too many of the characters in Death Lore. I know a couple. Like, I know Knight Arturius because he's my favorite. Yeah. I love him. And uh, we'll be able to come back to it anyway. Yeah, and I'll finish the script at some point here soon, and we'll hit up another episode. Hell yeah. But for right now, we got Mike's News Articles. Oh, hell yeah, bud. What you got for us, buddy? I I like this first one. Uh, So a 19-year-old built a flight-tracking Twitter bot, and Elon Musk tried to pay him to stop. What? <laughs> how much? Yeah, how much? And a flight tracking Twitter bot, as in like it's a bot, and it goes. Through, I mean, we'll get into it, but like it goes through like flight records and stuff like that, and it tracks like celebrities' flights. Well, I mean, it's all like <laughs> it's all publicly available yeah, information. Why did he? Why did Musk want him to stop? So, can you take this down? It's a security risk. That's how Elon Musk opened a conversation with 19-year-old Jack Sweeney over Twitter DMs. Uh, he was referencing a Twitter account called elon jet which tracks the movements of his private jet around the world it was a late night message coming in at 12 13 a.m sweeney's time but the college freshman didn't lose any sleep when he said his reply nearly seven hours later he said yes i can but it'll cost you a model three model <laughs> three only wow. joking unless <laughs> <laughs> he's just like yeah i mean you give me a tesla i'll take it down <laughs> I feel like that's I mean, a very small price to pay what he could have got. Yeah, if it's a security risk, like if he actually genuinely believes that, I mean, yeah, I guess. He could have made out of this, this kid could have made out a lot. information, though, like, I, I guess you could say it's now easier to access. But if somebody actually wants to track him to actually hurt him, they're going to put in the little tiny they're gonna iota. Do it. Yeah. They're going to put that tiny iota of extra effort in to get to the public records like uh elon jet is one of 15 flight tracking accounts Swinney has created run by bots he's programmed to parse the data and tweet every time a chosen plane takes off or lands oh my god (laughs) uh each one follows a high profile person almost all in tech including bill gates and jeff bezos but must tracker is the most popular with nearly eighty-three thousand followers jesus 83,000 people just out here just like, oh, Elon's taking off on this flight to fucking Dallas. Let's go. I'm so glad I know. (laughs) Yeah, I can sleep better now. The account's popularity appears to have scared Musk. He said, I don't love the idea of being shot by a nutcase. He said that in the DM conversations. The conversation continued for a few more messages. Uh, Musk asked Sweeney how much he made off the Twitter accounts, which Sweeney said no more than $20 a month. Then Elon Musk made his own offer of $5,000 to delete the account and help the billionaire keep, quote, crazy people from tracking his location. Sweeney told Musk to add another zero. Any, ch- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Any chance to up that to 50K? It would be a great support in college and would possibly allow me to get a car, maybe even a Model 3. <laughs> <laughs> hey, first, you got to give me one. Now you can give me 50000 so I can just buy one. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll take it down. At God. that point, you might as well just give me the car instead of the money because it's coming right back to you. <laughs> yeah. Must said he'd think about it, but so far he hasn't paid Sweeney a dime and the account is still running. Sweeney says he's okay with getting ghosted. He's benefited a lot from at ElonJet and the other accounts, he said. He's gained social media followers, learned how to code, and even scored a part-time job at Uber Jets as an application developer. Nice. Which also, I had to look up what Uber Jets was, but apparently it's literally, it's like Uber, but Jets. Like so you, I can just oh, order yeah. a jet to my front door. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. You have to go to an airport. <laughs> no, but. <laughs> no, 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 no. The jet comes to me, damn it. That's what, that's what that says. Uh, the bots use 
FAA information when available. The administration keeps uh, yeah the administration keeps track of when and where planes depart and land, as well as their intended path. However, Musk's plane and many others are on the LADD block list, which removes identifying information from the data. But even blocked planes aren't truly private, though. In these cases, Sweeney uses data from the ABSD transponders present on most aircraft, which show a plane's location in the air in real time, and that's charted. And then parsing this information, uh, he can his planes can use the bot's altitude combined with how long ago the data was received to determine when it's taking off or landing. <laughs> and then they can cross-reference latitude and longitude with a database of airports to determine where the plane is leaving or headed. Oh, nice. <laughs> gotta be kidding. That's me. impressive. For this a 19 year old. You gotta do this for your project, Seth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there we go. I'm gonna show this to Jones. You're like, this is my project. Then Elon Musk will hit you up and you'll exploit him for way more money. Yeah. <laughs> I would just say add two zeros. Hold to on. That. This guy hasn't gotten a single dime from this guy. Doesn't matter. If you ask for two zeros, Musk is gonna be like, you know what? I respect the balls on this guy. Okay. Those Sweeney's bots can't pull from blocked FFA data to figure out where a plane plans to go. They can cross-reference real-time ADSB data with another website that posts anonymized versions of the FFA flight plans. This allows the bot to match the plane it's tracking in real time to the uh, anonymized... Anonymized? Oh, God. We're going into Finding Nemo territory. (laughs) FFA flight plans to determine each plane's intended destination. This information is entirely public and can be used to track most private aircraft. Okay, it's not as easy to do it as I thought it was, but it's still all public information. Yeah. Uh yeah, the article said like this guy's dad has been had been in like aviation for a long time and he's been like tracking like planes and stuff ever since he was like 3, like just like plane watching and stuff like yeah. that, so. <laughs> well, that explains why he can fucking do all this at the age of 19 because I'll tell you what, this is fucking over my head already. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is all this data? Like, yeah, I could probably write a bot to pull the data, but I would have no fucking idea what to do with it. Right. Uh, the most recent DM Musk and Sweeney exchange was last Wednesday when Sweeney said he'd prefer an internship over payment in return for deleting the account. Musk hasn't opened the message, Sweeney says, but he's not offended. In fact, he thinks he knows why Musk is silent. I think he's on a vacay in Hawaii if you check Elon Jet. <laughs> 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 I like this guy. A little self promotion right there. I like this guy. <laughs> so fucked. He's just trolling a bit. Right, he's just plugging himself in real quick. <laughs> like it's a, it's a, it's like a pretty good burn, and then like, yeah. you add a self promotion at the end. Yeah, like, it's fuck, great. If you check Elon Jet. <laughs> oh, I like that guy. Yeah, that's funny. That is a good one. That's a good one to start off with. Yeah, I, I, that was like the best one I found. I was like, I gotta start out with that. Uh, you're gonna like this next one though, Brad. Uh, you all right there, baby dick? You having sir? fun? Yeah, I'm having fun. You having fun? Yeah. It does fit. Yeah. Yep, it fits there. <laughs> <laughs> He's like sitting there like all slow, like sticking oh. it in there, like making sure like, oh. like what are you doing? Oh, 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 oh. Square goes in the circle. <laughs> it does. Rectangle goes in the circle. <laughs> I had a Neanderthal moment. It's all good. What's the next topic? Yeah, so you're going to like this next one, bro. Me? Yeah, I got this one just specifically thinking of you. <laughs> Wonderful. Prosecutors explained the plot of Game of Thrones to argue that a rioter quoting Cersei Lannister was proof of criminal intent. What? What? <laughs> okay, run that back real quick. They used Game of Thrones. Yeah, so prosecutors explained the plot of Game of Thrones to argue that a rioter quoting Cersei Lannister was proof of criminal intent. Okay, so they had to explain 
the entire they had well, they to explain, explain like, like what that, happened yeah. at a certain point Could because of Cersei imagine? because that's what this person because he quoted her like during his thing <laughs> and the judge is just like what 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 the fuck does this mean <laughs> what's this court what is, I, don't, I don't even understand what's this say you're a fucking high profile lawyer in the court of law and you're like okay so and then there was a dragon and then there was a three-eyed raven in the court of law and this crippled boy he went up north past the wall the wall is a whole other different thing he saw, saw brother fucking sister, yeah I saw some incest got pushed out a window that was a three-eyed raven wait which one's Cersei Cersei's the sister wait the sister is getting fucked by her brother yes yes but not the only one and then she but puts wait. the kid out the window <laughs> <laughs> it's okay he becomes a fucking yeah. spirit person later. Yeah. <laughs> and the king yeah it's okay it's it's fine it, ha- it works out in the end <laughs> says and the king <laughs> but she does push a kid out the window yeah oh my god just don't work now uh, oh. Prosecutors explained the plot of Game of Thrones episode to argue that a capital rioter who quoted the character Cersei Lannister on social media showed proof of criminal intent. What did she say? What was the quote? Uh, two days after the insurrection, Jeremiah Coplinger, 25, posted an image of a soldier from the American Revolution with a caption, as said by Cersei Lannister, I choose violence. <laughs> According to the I choose violence. <laughs> why do you even have to, why do you have to explain the plot to say, like, this is pretty, <laughs> but, this is pretty like, pretty obvious that he went, like, he was inciting a riot by saying, I choose violence. <laughs> what? They just wanted to explain the plot, Brad. He's like, real quick, real quick, tell me about it. What is it? <laughs> Ooh, sounds like a good show, maybe. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> In a footnote, the prosecutors explained the plot of the episode in which the court appears saying Cersei Lannister is a fictional character in the HBO television series Game of Thrones after being confronted by a group of politically empowered righteous zealots who warn her that if she does not yield to them, there will be violence. Cersei Lannister responds, I choose violence. <laughs> Nothing happens then, though. Well, wait, in that scene. Well, yeah, in that scene, but like, yeah. later in the episode. The footnote went on to explain that Lannister used, quote, a weapon of mass destruction to blow up one of the largest and most important buildings in the capital city, which contained politicians. Yeah, and it was the Holy Sept. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, they bombed it, like, all there the was the Sept of, it was it, not even the Holy Sept, the Sept of Baylor. <laughs> and stating, I choose violence, Cersei Lannister embraced and then carried out mass murder to achieve her political ends, the document adds. In the context of... Kaplinger posting this just two days after January 6th. Kaplinger's adoption of this quote is alarming and provides insight into his mental state and intent in storming the Capitol. You don't say. <laughs> hmm. Jesus Christ. They say he brought body armor with him on January 6th. Oh my God. Scaled a wall on Capitol grounds and entered office suites. He was a Cersei fan. Yeah. She wears armor too. <laughs> She does. It's part of the, it's like uh, in the books too. They like mention it too. Like she was a character. Like she was a woman, so she'd wear these dresses. But she'd all they'd have like this kind of like these like metal. She'd have like shoulder pads almost. Sometimes she'd like wear a breastplate type thing. But it was like part of her. Like you know, she'd be she was the queen, so she would like have these like nice beautiful dresses. But they had like some form of armor to like make her seem like she was like more powerful than what obviously than what the bitch was. Don't get me wrong, she was super powerful, but at the end you realize she's a fucking pussy. I don't want to die, Jamie. I don't want to die. Yeah, boy didn't want to fucking die out the fucking window, bitch. He All didn't die. In the set huh? He died. didn't die. Yes, he did. No, he didn't. He yes, just he lost did. his legs. He became someone else. He became the three-eyed raven after that. He just lost his legs. Hodor. 
Oh, no. I do love how our last son was just like, you know what? I'm done. Takes the crown off, puts it on the chair, and just walks. Oh, brought a whole new meaning to King's Landing. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that, that scene was great because the camera doesn't even move. Like, he just, like, he's there. He's watching it. He's he just, just like, walks off, comes back. Takes the crown off, doesn't say anything, just puts it down. The you chair watched it? Right out no, the window. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, spoiler well, basically, like, in this. Spoiler well, alert, by the way. <laughs> yeah, a little late now. What he's talking about, like, when that character blows up the Sept, Sept of Baylor, her son is like. 14 maybe at the time and he just became king and his wife the queen was like inside the sept of Baylor, which her mom his mom just blew up so he just like he watched it happen through the window in his room he just like what mike says he just walks off the he walks off screen puts the crown down walks comes back and just jumps out of his fucking window and kills himself <laughs> just like walks right out the window oh yeah God. like just like so nonchalant and it's like there's no music being played and like the camera doesn't move at all so like you just see him standing in the window he just walks off screen you're just like you just what? Like, and then he just comes right back and right out the window, and you're just like, oh, shit! <laughs> <laughs> okay. All you hear is the splat and just goes cre- credits. That's it. No, you don't even hear anything. He just jumps, and it's just like, it's just like that. It's like, okay, Tommen just died. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> it's just classic Game of Thrones. All right, we'll do one more news story, so I want to do this one. I want to do this one. Oh, I see exactly why the fuck he <laughs> oh, wants to do this kid. one. So a Foot Locker employee allegedly ejaculated into sneakers at work. <sighs> oh, my God. <laughs> Could you imagine trying on a new pair of sneakers and you're like, Mommy, they're no. squishy. Oh, that takes man. kicking in with the kids a whole new way. Uh, like, whole <laughs> <laughs> Someone definitely had a foot fetish. Uh, you know. A Foot Locker employee was allegedly having sex with and ejaculating into sneakers. But the extra gross part here is he said the employee put the sneakers back into their boxes. A video oh, of a man no. engaging in self-love in a storage room on a footlocker. Self-love! <laughs> so they, they got video of this dude, like, jacking off and coming into shoes. And then he just, like, <laughs> put him back into the box and, like, put him on the shelf. Why? A little, Why are people so fucked up? With a touch of love. <laughs> selling shoes with a touch of love. It's like a little tiny little lubricant. Reportedly, there is footage of the ejaculate in the sneakers' insoles. As you can see, we're a footlocker here. There's nobody else here. Only my shit, and I am fully, completely, 100% sexy and naked, says the sneaker freak in the clip. (laughs) Fully, 100% sexy and naked. (laughs) Logan's face right now is hilarious. This man's built different. (laughs) Yeah, you gotta have some fucking balls to be doing this shit. Hey, shout out to him. Just like the horse rapist. They I, caught him, apparently. Yeah, I know, but that's what I mean. It's like they like you know what I mean? Like you gotta you gotta have some balls to just do this shit on camera yeah. in stores like well, this. Well he was like, tripping. Still, it doesn't matter. I just like you're a work. Why are you why are you jerking off in the first place? One hundred percent naked. Well, and was like, why into the shoe? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did that shoe ever do? He just to you? does it. He just hates the customers, man. No, I think he loves the customers. <laughs> <laughs> it could be a hate love relationship. Social. He media. hates that he loves them. Yeah. <laughs> oh God! Why I, do I have to do this? Every I time? that I do this, but I love it so much. <laughs> Social media sleuths have identified the sneaker philanderer, alleging that he's a, the manager at a Foot Locker. And he's the manager. 
He got the keys to the well, bag. Well, he said he was oh, alone. God. He said he was alone. Where the hell else are you going to be alone? Every now, every now and then they give like that to an employee. They give responsibility to an employee to open up. Well, in you the got too much I know, very, I know, but it's a, you know, it's a foot locker. Like, hey, Debbie, go man the register and like sweep up out front. I can go take care of the stock room real quick. Are you sure you don't need another person to open up with you? No. Don't come back here. <laughs> <laughs> you fine. will fucking be fired if you come back I'm here fine. while this sock is on the doorknob. Oh. Wait. <laughs> oh, okay whatever <laughs> so if you're in brampton ontario watch out because that's what that's what happened and oh, footlocker no. is aware of golding the golding you yeah. need you need to keep control of your fucking canadian brethren There's up like here three of them up there how hard could it be <laughs> Shh. yeah and most of them are in ottawa right now yeah most of them <laughs> yeah <laughs> Shout out the Freedom Convoy. No, that's not a shout out. I'm shouting them out. Shout out the Freedom Convoy. Yeah, shout out Flu Trucks Clan. Uh, When you guys figure out what you're doing up there, let the rest of everyone else know because we're watching. What did you say in that fucking Twitch chat that kept getting blocked? Tuba Duba Dumb Truck. No, no. (laughs) That got uh, removed. Oh, yeah, that got removed. I said, don't support these playgrounds. Yes, that was it. <laughs> the moderators didn't even let that message go through. I like how Duba Duba Dumb Truck got yeah. he got removed from the thing. Then I put it later. It did it. Mike's like, I'm being censored. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's even like Duba Duba Dumb Truck's topical for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Canceled. Yeah. Like we ain't no dumb trucks. We're semis. They got U.S. trucks up there too. I guess it's over yeah. 300 miles long. Well, I mean, they're already there. What is- yeah, I know. I'm just saying the convoy itself is over 300 miles long. Well, that's yeah, that's insane. why they need nine million dollars worth of gas <laughs> isn't being handed out. It's just crazy. <laughs> it's just I just like to imagine this one person's like, everybody keep your receipts, send it into accounting for the freedom convoy. It's like that's never fucking gonna happen. I just like how they would dance on the tomb of the unknown soldier that they have over there. Oh my god. <laughs> Poor fella. Footlocker put out a statement saying, Footlocker is committed to operating with the highest ethical standards, and this type of behavior is not tolerated, a spokesperson said. We are aware of the incident and are taking appropriate steps to address the situation. Oh, yeah. That's it. He's getting an ankle monitor. <laughs> she can't even fucking like it too much. She get yeah, one of them dick cages. Oh, my God. Sorry, buddy, if you work you here, one you just ones can't. where the hackers, you know, demand Bitcoin for? Yeah. We talked about? Yeah. yeah. As soon as he shows up to work, boom, Wi Fi locks it. Oh, Sorry, guy, you can't jack off it. Yeah, the, the oh. uh, remember the uh, the did you hear? Did you listen to the episode with yeah. the yeah? Yeah, I, I remember that one. That's terrible. No, I wouldn't. Sorry, bud. If you got to work, that's that's your punishment. You're not allowed to come. Five thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, no, like it's not even that. Can you even pee with those things on? I think so because I'm meant to be worn long term. I'm sure you can. Oh, okay, loose, but yeah. like if it's good. tight, like it's gonna fill up at some point. Yeah, they're made so you can't. They're made basically so you can't just get hard. Ah, like oh, you can, oh, you can't? but yeah. I mean, it's painful. That's the point. It's a cage, bro. I no, I, feel, no, no. I remember My saying this. Early, I remember this saying so many episodes ago that I'm sorry I even know this information. But like, it, it's literally it's like a wired cage. And it would like attach on. I mean, that's better than the image that I always I picture in my head, head which is like a little mini yeah, Iron Maiden. Well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> they, I mean they do have like ones that are like completely like sealed, but like yeah. there are ones that are like cages like that. Yeah. yeah. Even though I and knew the, it was the, like a little And the cage. ideas behind it is that if you like, if you get hard, it's. 
not supposed to feel good. <laughs> it's supposed to be very painful. Yeah, even though I knew it was just a little cage, I, I can't help but picturing an Iron Maiden that goes on the penis. That's yes. it. Yeah, I know what you that's mean. Right. Like, that's what I thought. No. That's a chastity I mean, that, belt. That's, a, that's, an, that's that like a medieval chastity belt. That's a that's legitimately a yeah. medieval chastity yeah, Google belt. Google cock cage. Yeah, look up cock, <laughs> cock cage. <laughs> Would you like make sure you turn off safe search? No, do it. No, just keep going. <laughs> no, would, would you let a dommy mommy lock it up, Logan? No, I'm good. Uh, no, <laughs> the way that key never never to be seen again. Should wear it on a necklace. Uh, ChastityX.com. ChastityX.com. Chastity secret shopping now. Buy now, fifty percent off. Shout out to ChastityX.com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, all right. You got you guys ready to delve into this? So, this beginning part is literally, he fucking <laughs> he finally saw, it. saw it. He finally saw it. <laughs> Let's see, what'd you bring up? Hold up, show the group, show the class. Yeah, yeah, imagine that. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's, yeah. Like, a, it's like a penis slinky. Imagine that, bro. <laughs> it's like a penis <laughs> that don't extend. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, opposite of the function. Bro. It just doesn't extend, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you, like, you know, you gotta you gotta admit that looks like a penis slinky. Like makeshift lock on. He's like, nope. Oh no, that one. That one has like that one's terrible. Yeah, how would you put your balls Ow. through it? That one hurts. Ow. No, yeah. ball cruncher. Ow. No, you mean a nutcracker? Oh. Just two pieces of plexiglass <laughs> with like <laughs> Oh my! The fuck a no! <laughs> no. When Wyatt said, "I don't actually," sorry, Wyatt. I don't want to blame you. It seems like a Wyatt thing, but when one of you sent that. No, <laughs> fuck that, dude. Oh my god, that was terrible. Want to like squish him to like paper thin? That yeah, dude. That he literally Ouch, said this motherfucker literally put I his dick and balls. Yeah, he put his dick and balls in between a piece of plexiglass the and they like screwed them shut. And it was like literally paper. It was paper thin flat. Like how, <laughs> dude? Oh my god, like. Dude. Wait, I wonder if he did the sumo wrestler thing where he sucks the balls back up into his body and just leaves the sack there. Oh, I just, oh my get your fucking like balls vacuum sealed. That that is actually how but sumo either, wrestlers don't bust their balls while they wrestle. They literally way, suck their balls into their body. But either way, yeah, he still had his dick flat. He still had his dick pounded like. And you know he loved oh, the every dick was in there. Oh. I thought you meant it was just the balls. No, it was everything. Nothing like a little CBT. Hey. <laughs> Moving on to something that's just as painful when you're a new player. Cock ball torture. Yeah, I mean, you know, I might prefer that to fucking new Dark Souls. Sound. You know how fucking hard, you know how rage-inducing that game Get ready, is Kristen. Start playing. Get ready, Kristen. You're in for a good weekend. So, the, the beginning, this first couple, you know, this paragraph or whatever, this is legitimately stated in the opening of Dark Souls. So we, we know this is... Straight up, this is one of the few pieces of lore players will get when they play the game. It's not something that can be missed unless, you know, you just skip the opening cutscene, which you can technically do. So, this first part is the Age of the Ancients. In this, in the age of this world, the Age of the Ancients is basically the world is an unformed land. It's just big crags, arch trees. And you see an arch tree. There's only one in the game. I think in all three that you can actually go in and see. Hmm. So in Dark Souls 1, there's um, the Great Swamp. 
which everybody fucking hates because it's literally a poison swamp. You step in the water, you're fucking poisoned. So this entire area you run through with poison, which is just an annoying thing. So people tend to get in and out of this area. But in this area, you can run up this big-ass tree branch. And from this tree branch, you can... There's a little tre- treasure chest, which, you know, you open it, and I think you get the Claranthi ring at this point, or mm-hmm. whatever. And behind the treasure chest, there's an invisible wall. So you dive through this wall, and then there's another tra- chest. And this is either where the Claranthi ring or, the fuck, uh, like, another piece of large titanite is. Behind that chest, there's another invisible wall. They like their invisible walls in this section. I guess. And then from here, you come into this big hollow of a tree where you know going down there's jump skips that you can do that more experienced players do because this area is really annoying and really easy to just fall off of while you're fighting the enemies but as you make your way down this big tree like you it's a long way down just you're jumping from branch to branch running down this spiral and eventually you hit the bottom and you come out into this just basically empty ocean where you're on a beach and underneath it you just see as far as you can see big ocean there is a hydra in this area too which doesn't really serve much importance but and you see these big trees like tall they're so tall that they phase out of your view Hmm. these are arch trees Hmm. Um, and like i said you only see one in the game you can't get to any of these other ones and down here there is an everlasting dragon and in the Age of Ancients, while the world was filled with great crags, arch trees, and shrouded in fog, the everlasting dragons ruled over this world. This land was bleak. It was just a monotone of grays and shadows. The everlasting dragons were known to have impenetrable armor in the form of stone scales. These scales also provided them with immortality. So these dragons were basically huge statues that never died so convenient the land is ruled over by these beings it's very boring nothing happens nothing's living nothing's dying it's just dragons trees and you know cracks in the earth just flying around having fun yeah that's it so it's very you know monotone in what is happening in this uh world so No progress or conflict existed. The dragons basically just kind of sat around and, you know, did nothing. Uh, (laughs) Until one day, something miraculous happened. Something that would change the entirety of the world. Creating a perpetual conflict that would last until the end of time. There was fire. And with fire came disparity, heat, and cold, life, and death. And, of course, light and dark. Within a cave deep within, the earth ignited a fire, introducing life. Yearning for the warmth that this fire created, the primitive life emerged from underground, and they were drawn towards the flame, yearning to get to its source. From within the kiln of the first flame, which is a location you do go to in Dark Souls, emerged the souls of lords extremely powerful souls who granted those in possession of them immense power. The beings decided to possess the souls for themselves. One of these came into possession. One of these souls came into the possession of a being known as Nito, the Lord of the dead. 
His soul turned him into the representation of sickness and death, turning his form into an amalgamation of skeletons. He's that first picture you see right there. That is Gravelord Nito. And as we just said, he is literally the representation of death in the Dark Souls <laughs> world. Like <laughs> I know, right? He's got a little acne. Those are all skeleton heads. Oh. He's literally a... Start popping them. He is an amalgamation of skeletons. That's some whiteheads, man. And he rules over death and disease, sickness, and all that. You fight him? You're not yes, you do. <laughs> you will fight every one of these pictures I sent you, except technically for one, but one of them is just another picture in the past. Oh, and that picture right there, he's in Dark Souls 3, <laughs> but he matters for Dark Souls 1. Um, Nito. Nito's Nito. He is referred to as the first of the dead, hinting that he might have been the very first creature in existence to experience death. Because hmm. as we said before, the dragons were immortal. They aren't even actually considered really being alive. Like they're more or less just big statues, you know. That you know never die, they never live. It's just kind of they're kind of there. Hmm. So, Nito's soul transformed him into the first of the dead, and you know to be the first creature in all of history to die—that's pretty cool. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Um, Nito. His, I wonder who was the first man to die. <laughs> yeah, first guy. To well, that shit. was me. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> His it soul. <laughs> I wonder how he died. Yeah, I, that's a good point. If he's the personification of sickness and death. His soul, you know, thinking about it, his soul, could taking that first Lord soul could have killed him. It's a lot of power. Maybe he couldn't handle he it. He just fucking popped. <laughs> he just fucking popped. <laughs> so, cause, and we will get to this. Nito, in my opinion, could be the strongest of all of these lords. But there's a reason he's not. So, and I'll say this now before I, you know, kind of go on. Because, you know, people like Brad that haven't played the game might not get this. When you beat a boss, you physically collect their soul. Okay, I uh, I wanted to say that earlier. Yeah. When we were talking earlier, I fucking totally lost it. But now that you've already said it, I was like, isn't in this game, like, kind of like the whole point why they call it Dark Souls. Like, when you kill them, you technically take their soul. When you kill anything, you take their souls. They go into a little counter at the bottom right. But lords and bosses possess special souls. Yeah, just like and what you were just saying. they go into your inventory. Yeah, very the powerful souls. souls can be and... lost when you die. Yeah. And if you so when you die, you drop a pool of blood on the ground. And if you go back to that pool of blood, you can pick up whatever souls you dropped. If you die while you have a pool of blood on the ground, that one goes away. So whatever souls you had in that pool of blood are now gone forever. But when you kill a boss, the soul goes into your inventory and you do not drop that. You can pop it for regular souls or you can make special weapons out of them. And boss weapons. Now, like with all other items in this game, you can read a description of their souls once you obtain them. And Nito's soul says, Gravelord Nito administers the death of all manner of beings. The power of his soul is so great that it satiates the Lord Vessel. And we will talk about what the Lord Vessel is in a little bit. Okay. But despite the fact that much of its, much of its energy has already been offered to death. <laughs> so Nito's soul is so powerful that it's on par with the other lords, despite having much of its 
energy already offered to death. <laughs> so if Nito's soul wasn't fragmented to the, like, you know, ha- most of its power being offered to death, how powerful would this man yeah, be? Yeah, yeah. He very well could be just as powerful, more powerful than all the other lords combined. It's hard to say because, you know, he it is offered to death. He cannot bring that back. Mm-hmm. So... You know, I, that's just something like one of the things where he, in you know Dark Souls, where the lore is not cut and dry. Like, how much of his soul? It, it says much of it, but is that like fifty-one percent? That's over half. That's most. <laughs> yeah, or right. It, or is it ninety-nine? <laughs> is like all of his soul offered to death, and that one percent still powerful enough to you know be on par with the other lords? Like, <laughs> could you just imagine fucking Super Nito running around? Like, like I can't even imagine fighting that thing in the yeah, first one. Memes. Yeah, Shaggy at one percent power. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and this indicates his only purpose is to administer death to the world. Most of your power is being offered to that. That's probably you know your main job. He sounds like a fun guy. Yeah. Well, he's the balance that was put into place to compensate for the creation of life. For without death, there is no value to life. Mm-hmm. This is one of the things that. I really like about Dark Souls lore. If you really dig into it, a lot of it's just like you could teach this in an ethics class. Mm-hmm. A lot of it's morality. Yeah. Like the cycle of struggle and personal growth to the end. Yeah. So like you can dig into this and just get crazy like moral life lessons and I really like stuff like that. Yeah. Cuz it's 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 not only is it like a good lesson to teach like kids and you know even adults it's a really cool game. It's a fun, you know, it's violence. <laughs> You're learning these fucking moral life lessons through violence. Like, how cool? <laughs> how cool? The second soul, which is the second picture, was claimed by the Witch of Isolith and was split with her seven daughters of chaos. Woo. You don't ever really see them, and you'll, you'll see why later in this story but that is what the witch of isolith looks like while claiming her soul and the third soul which is the next picture was taken by lord gwyn who is known as the lord of sunlight and this is one of the things that is old man yamamoto yeah i know (laughs) um this is one of the things that's really like not explained ever when he found the Lord's soul, Gwyn had a legion of knights with him, which were which are the black and silver knights, um, which indicates that before he claimed his soul, he had some sort of power, it, uh, not necessarily power in terms of like physical, but like power and stature uh, of like respect or a position held. With, yeah, he had followers. But, but what kind of power could Gwyn really have under the rule of dragons? It hasn't really been, like, explained in any of the games. Hmm. So that's definitely something that's up to interpretation. Hmm. But it is stated that he, when he found that, he had his Legion of Knights with him. So there's another little bit of headcanon that the Souls community can fill in as to why Gwyn had that. Explain. And Gwyn's power that came with his soul was the ability to generate lightning which would prove to be very useful later on down the road. <laughs> well, it does seem useful. <laughs> and you know you were joking that, you know, Zeus out here in Bloodborne? Well, Gwyn is basically fucking Zeus. I mean, he even kind of looks like Zeus. Yeah. He's got the long, flowing white hair. 
fucking he eats lightning bolts like is that kind of where like the sunlight spear comes from that is sunlight spear is one of lord Gwyn's miracles mm-hmm. um the fourth and final soul was the dark soul Obtained oh, by the he first, said the thing he said the thing. <laughs> <laughs> this was obtained by the furtive pygmy. He is described as a primeval human. <laughs> Mike's face, Mike's face. I just pictured like like a little pygmy, like. <laughs> well, you know, you say that, but the next picture, the next picture is the furtive pygmy, and well, it you know the pose is kind of on par. See, like a what? like a little gremlin. Yeah, it, he, he's gathering the dark soul. What's your dog doing? <laughs> <laughs> that is the furtive pygmy claiming the dark soul after all the other lords had left. The dark soul was basically overlooked. And you'll see why later. So all these super <laughs> powerful the entities. Thing. You got kings. You got... Uh, well, these are world? gods. These, not, nothing we have talked about yet is a human. To God, except for the furtive pygmy, which we will say, get to in a second. Okay, or oh, some sort of being, like <laughs> well, the, they, they are really. the, to at least to humanity, they are the gods. They're Lord, like really Lord Gwyn is the Lord of Sunlight. He is the God of Sunlight. Yeah, and they found these like souls and took them. Yes, right? that is, and that's how they got their powers. Yeah. So he's described as a primeval human. The ancestor to the human race. The pygmy, right? Yes. Okay. His lord soul was a small black ember. It's very different from the other lord souls. And you can you can even see that in the game. All of the other lord souls in the in inventory, their sprite, are like these bright, big lights that look like fire. Like, you can tell. Because all the other souls are like just a little bit of fire. Like, they're a little bright. And then the lord souls are fucking, like, on fire kind of looking and that you can tell they're powerful mm-hmm. but the furtive pygmy soul in the game it's just this little little sliver of like black mm. with like maybe two eyes it, it really it's completely different from all the other ones where their souls represent light his represents darkness and when he gathered his soul he ensured that the existence of of his soul remained unknown to the others. This soul. So granted, they didn't even know this thing existed. Correct. I mean, and you can tell in that picture, the flame has kind of died down in that kiln, and he's the only one in there. He kind of found it after they had all left, you know? Hmm. So his soul granted him the ability to fragment itself and use it to create humanity. The description of humanity, which is an item in the game, you can get it from killing. Other, you can harvest it from other players. You, you use it to revitalize yourself in the game after you've died, basically. And for some reason... Oh, and rats can also drop humanity because they feast on the corpses of humanity. <laughs> so it is something that's transferable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the description of it reads, This black sprite is called humanity, but little is known about its true nature. If the soul is the source of all life, then what distinguishes... The humanity we hold within ourselves. This description, if you didn't notice, kind of, you know, clarifies that humanity has an unclear nature, but it does confirm the source or the source of all life to be the soul. This aligns with the fact that every single thing you kill in the game, it'll give you souls, mm-hmm. but not everything gives you humanity. 
Makes sense. So, lost my place because of this part of the thing I did not indent. Remember, kids, when writing a script, indentation helps. <laughs> However, not all beings have humanity. From this, we can assume that although the soul grants life, humans possess both souls and humanity. Fuck yeah, bud. Which gives them a unique identity, separating them from literally all the other beings in existence. Because, again, we're the only ones that have it. Humans are the only ones that can use humanity. It's darkness for the for the most part. I mean, and you can in the game. I should have linked you a picture, but the sprite is literally pitch black. Mm-hmm. Like it has a little bit of a white outline, but I'm pretty sure that's more so so that you can see the black. Yeah, you know. So, while the gods depend on the first flame for power, so that kiln where the pygmy's standing in, mm-hmm. that burning is giving the gods their own power. Mm. Humans inherit power from the consumption of humanity, signified by a person's reviving from a hollowed state upon consuming it. Uh-oh. So. <laughs> We're heading to bleach. Yep. The power of humanity is fueled by a person's willpower and perseverance of the being possession, possessing it. So not all humanity is as strong within each person it depends on your own willpower and you know how persevering you are i guess we should say too like in the game when you die i'm gonna i'm gonna get to hollowing okay i will um (laughs) it, it empowers those who refuse to give up the subdued nature of its power is why humans were overlooked by the lords the lords only viewed quantifiable power something that could be possessed instantly and like we saw their souls gave them power instantly. You know, Lord Gwyn pulled that sunlight. He can now throw lightning bolts. <laughs> like, Look at this. <laughs> yeah. He just starts eating off sunbolts. <laughs> Look what I can do. Nito like, pulled his soul. Instantly became a Grim Reaper. Instantly capable. dies. In- <laughs> <laughs> instantly capable of literally sending swarms of death. Like, he literally can conjure up poison and send death and decay in literal winds to just kill things (laughs) that's fucked up like their souls are quantifiable from the start they have power humanity doesn't really do much at the start like you sounds about right yeah you know shit talker uh humanity was passed down to the pygmy's descendants and helped them shape or helped shape them into their current state which is eventually what will become into Dark Souls 1. So, like Mike was trying to bring up there, in the game, when you die, you go from being this normal-looking human to just looking, you know, decrepit. Like, you literally look like a basically a walking zombie. Your skin's, like, all dried out. You fucking... Your eyes are, like, incredibly sunken in. You don't have, like, hair anymore. I like to think hmm. of it as, like, you're being, like, raisin-fied. You basically. Raisin. No, that's a good description. You literally turn into a human raisin. Yeah, like <laughs> your eyes turn into, like, buttholes. Yeah, you just, basically. Like, <laughs> well, and, your like, eyes you know, turn into Stat-wise, you lose, like, half your health. Holy Not shit. in Dark Souls 1. Oh. That's only in 2, from, two forward. Dark Souls 1, you die, and I... Don't actually know if anything happens. Well, you Demon, might, maybe you do Souls lose like some health. Too. Maybe you do lose some health. It's just in Dark Souls Wait, 2. Wait, isn't it by viewable. chunks? Like you lose it. Like- That's two. Oh, okay. And oh. one, if anything happens, if you lose any health, the bar doesn't show that you've lost health. The bar just shortens just as opposed to, to showing humanity. extra. 
I just can't remember. That's something I probably should have looked up. I can't remember that. Every other Dark Souls has an indicator to show how much health you've lost by being dead. Except for one, I think. But doesn't your your bar still get smaller though, right? Not in one. I've died oh, so many oh. times. If I think I think one, if it gets smaller, it just happens. Like you're you're now hollowed. Boom! You lost whatever percentage of your health. It's just gone. <laughs> Whereas in two and three, yeah, you're right. It gets progressively smaller every time you die, and that signifies hollowing. Hollowing happens when a hu- when an undead which is a human basically we'll we'll clarify that a little bit later it happens when they lose their willpower and their perseverance to get whatever their goal done is when you go hollow you go absolutely insane you attack anything near you you just you're basically operating on ans- animal instinct hmm. seeking souls so it really is bleach it, it really is your soul yeah <laughs> however normally the undead resurrect but when you're hollowed and you die, you, you no longer resurrect Uh-oh. after death. So when you're dead and you're hollowed, you're dead. Done. Dead, dead. So, and we'll, we'll talk more about exactly the, you know, hollowing conditions and what happens. But it's just a little overview of, like, hollowing is important. And it's, inc- once you are cursed with the curse of the undead, the dark sign, it's basically like a death sentence and you know it's coming because there you cannot that the whole point of the games is to break the curse break the curse of the undead break the hollowing cycle and we'll talk about why this is even a cycle in the first place but that's the whole point of the games Mm. because you know people know the second that sign appears on them eventually they will go hollow there is no helping it because eventually your willpower will give out you will lose your perseverance and yeah, it's you'll like go their hollow. version of cancer. Yeah, basically. Huh. So the pygmy is theorized to be Manus, who is the father of the abyss in the next picture down the line. Wait, the pygmy is this motherfucker? Yep, he turns into that. God damn it. My pictures suck. Aww. What the fuck? Still, that's insane. Yeah, that is eventually what he turns into. You're good. He is a DLC boss, actually. He was introduced in the first game as a DLC boss. And he is arguably one of the hardest bosses in the game. Damn. Now, Manus raised humanity in the depths of the Abyss, which is a realm of darkness, one only inhabitable to the humans, as beings who are aligned with the fire, including the gods themselves, are vulnerable to being corrupted and requires special equipment to traverse the abyss and prevent the physical and spiritual corruption of the abyss. And this brings humanity even closer to the dark, rooting them in the abyss, while the lords strive for light as they desire the power of the first flame. And this is even shown in the game where, um, in the first game, to get to the abyss, you have to find a special piece of equipment Um, that Knight Artorius used so that he could enter the Abyss. Even the Lords themselves cannot enter the Abyss. Pussies! It it physically corrupts them, (coughs) twisting their spirits and their bodies. (laughs) And eventually they end up basically looking like Manus. Honestly, after a while, they they turn into shit like that. Where they just look nuts. And they're really powerful, too. Um, So after that, that's kind of a little description of like 
the first four lords. Now we'll get into what happened after they found their souls here. Now that Nito has the soul of the de- of death, the witch of Isolith, the soul of life, and Gwyn, the soul of light, the three possessed the power to change the world. They no longer needed to live under the rule of the dragons. They knew that if they combined their powers, they could use these abilities to fight the dragons and overthrow them to become the new rulers of this world. Preparations began, and soon after, war was waged. The Witch of Isolith and her daughters weaved firestorms that raged across the lands. Gwyn would hurl lightning bolts into the skies with his knights towards the dragons, piercing their scales and bringing them down to the ground. From there, Nito would release death and miasma, delivering the final blows to the dragons. Alongside the Lord of Sunlight were his four trusty knights, one of which was Knight Artorius, the commander of his army. The description of his wolf ring, and these are all rings you can find in-game, hmm. um, in, in one. And I think you can find them in three as well, at least a couple of them. Um, the description of his wolf ring reads, Artorius had an unbendable will of steel and was unmatched with the greatsword. Invol- also involved another knight, Hawkeye Go, who his deta- he actually details his experience of fighting in the war in the game. You can find him in the DLC. Mm. because, And I haven't written this into the script. This is a good thing to point out. Time in the Dark Souls world is unique it's weird time doesn't flow at a constant rate you might be in one part of the world and be in this time period and be in the next part and it's in a different time period time flows differently Hmm. and it's a certain point in the game you get pulled into the past i how long ago i'm not sure it there's no quantifiable but it is the past and you get to talk to one of Lord Gwyn's knights, you know, Knight uh, Hawkeye Go, who is a giant. Like, he's not like a man. He's an actual giant. <laughs> um, and you can you fight giants throughout the game. There's even a giant blacksmith. And when I say they're big, I mean, like, they're five or six times the, the height of your character, who is a normal <laughs> human. And they are just giant. He uses a huge dragon-slaying bow. Um, and it's... His ring reads, Hawkeye Go, who led the great archers, boosts bow range so that arrows fly like they were shot by Go's great bow, which took down high-flying dragons, allowing Arturius and his allies to take down the dragons from the ground. So this whole war is just crazy, like... You know, you have Lord Gwyn throwing sunlight spears into the heavens to bring down dragons. Hawkeye Go. Use, and these great bows are literally, think English longbow. They're like as big as the person wielding them. So a giant wielding a bow as big as him, it packs some punch. Oh, like the arrows look like giant stone pillars. Yeah, they basically do. <laughs> Fucking firing like a Roman Colosseum pillar out of that thing. No, I'd be a bit pissed too if I was a dragon. And it's pretty cool because in in Dark Souls One in the DLC, you can actually watch uh, Hawkeye go shoot down a dragon. <laughs> because like, what did we ever do to you? Yeah. Like we were just mo- chilling, vibing, minding our business. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, the last dragon, or really the last dragon, the last boss in the DLC, or you can technically fight Manus last if you want, but most people fight him first. The last boss in the DLC is a dragon. 
Hmm. And in order to fight him, you have to have Hawkeye go shoot him out of the sky. Hmm. So it's a little, it's pretty cool to see like this ancient knight of old shoot down a dragon. Um, and then, you know, you have Arturius and his knights fighting on the front line. This, you can just imagine how bloody this war was. Gwen has legions of knights. The witches are weaving huge firestorms, and Nito's just out there throwing typhoons of death and miasma at people. <laughs> typhoons like, of death. Like, it's just, you can imagine how nuts this was. Another knight was Dragon Slayer Ornstein, who is believed to be the captain of the four knights. Arturius was the commander of the army, and he basically, and these are the four. Um, knights, except for the very last one. I don't know that we've ever seen the last one, which we'll talk about. Um, and Arturius reported to Ornstein. So Ornstein's the one on the far left. You do fight him. You fight him as a boss as well in the base game of the of Dark Souls. He fights alongside Executioner Smo, which I don't have a picture of him because we don't talk about him. We won't talk about him. He's today. a thick boy. Yeah, he is. The next one is Knight Arturius. The only thing I don't like about that picture is that's him post, like, DLC. Knight Arturius uses a great sword and a great shield, but if you can't tell in that picture, his arm's broken, and we'll we'll get to that later when we actually go into Arturius's lore. Mm. Um, and then the third one is Hawkeye Go. Now, uh, Ornstein was believed to be the captain of the four knights, and based on his armor description, which reads... Uh, Dragon Slayer Ornstein, who guards the cathedral and the forsaken city of Anor Londo. Ornstein is believed to be the captain of the four knights. And again, this is kind of where Soul's lore becomes a little bit of headcanon. It's, wor- it's worded specifically to cast out in there. Ornstein is believed to be the captain of the four knights. These hmm. events happened so far ago in the past, nobody remembers them. There's just stories. Clever. Could you them when you is went back in time? Wording? Technically, we probably could have asked Hawkeye go, but it's a game and they don't. Put that <laughs> in there, so, not an um, option, Mike. <laughs> not an option, Mike. So those people are like. So those those first three. Well, yeah, I mean they are huge. Like when you fight them in the game, even though Ornstein and Arturius are not giants, they are still bigger than people. Like they are bigger than an adult human male by quite a few feet. We talking like Shaq size? Maybe a little bit bigger. Okay. Like a foot or two. Like Space Marine size. Yeah, Space Marine size sounds about right. Um, so. I scrolled the wrong way. Um, his golden lion helm is imbued with the power of lightning. And we're still talking about Ornstein. And should provide good protection against it. This is what his armor set reads. The hornet ring reveals that the final knight was the Lord's Blade, Kyrian, who was notorious for using daggers to effectively to wipe out the Lord's enemies. Its description reads, one of the special rings granted to the four knights of Gwyn. The Hornet Ring belonged to the Lord's Blade, Kyrian. By boosting critical attacks, its wearer can annihilate foes as Kyrian's daggers laid waste to the Lord Gwyn's enemies. He is the one that I really don't see too much on. I'm not 100% sure you actually fight him. I'm sure he pops up somewhere. But we're kind of glossing over them for now anyways. Because I want to go into each of those plays such a pivotal role in not only just the first game. 
but you know Ornstein appears in the third game and the second game as well kind mm. of um, and Arturis is mentioned through all of them as well so there's such big players in the games I'm just kind of glossing over them for right now and we'll hit their lore really hard later mm. so we will get more into Kyrian later but for now that's basically in the first game that's basically all you hear about him is that ring and you you know you hear that he's one of the four knights so from there we get to something that was hidden in the past the unsung heroes of the war were the humans who fought in the battle as ring knights this is something that came out in the last dlc of dark souls 3 so this is very recent lore that until now we really didn't know the dragon head shield description reads the ring knights by command of the gods stood amongst the ranks who set out to slay the dragons but their contributions were never lauded this indicates they were never honored for their actions and their involvement was kept hidden they were also tasked with forging weapons and armor for the battle and you know the ring knight set like the armor set they actually wear reads the armor of early man was forged in the abyss so not only did the humans help out they were commanded by the gods to help they forged their own weapons and armor and they put their own lives on the line to overthrow these dragons and nothing was ever said to them that they never even got like a hey thanks buddy (laughs) like they were just not put in the history books which fuck you Gwyn we helped (laughs) although for the longest time the warriors spoken of were thought to be the only ones in battle the truth would later be revealed showing that history had been rewritten showing that another had taken place in the fight a warrior had been erased from history that warrior being Gwyn's own son the nameless king The Ring of the Sun's Firstborn states the following. The Sun's Firstborn was once a god of war until he was stripped of his stature as punishment for his foolishness. No wonder his very name has slipped from the annals of history. This tells that there was another present. His story being present in that war and the fact that he stated as a literal god of war shows how truly effective he was in the battle. And that next picture is... Gwyn's son that one they're both technically the same person the next one the other one just shows something we'll talk about here in a second this thing yep that one shows something that's the that is the nameless king sitting on that by the way its owner was the nameless king a deific hunter of dragons further emphasizing his abilities with all this being said what could he have possibly done to deserve wiping his name from the very history of this battle. Not only is he Gwyn who basically wrote this history because he was kind of the de facto leader of the three lords. It was his son. Not only was it Gwyn's son, he was also described as a god of war. So Hmm. he obviously helped tremendously. He was very effective. And yet he still got wiped from the battle's history. We got a Hmm. real god Lucifer situation going on here. Yeah. Fucking Gwyn's like, no dragons. It sounds like, oh, they're kind of cool, though. One dragon. <laughs> one. <laughs> so, from the Nameless King's soul description, again, this is a boss from Dark Souls 3. This came out well after the first game, 
And until then, actually, a lot of people thought Knight Solaire was probably Gwyn's firstborn son, hmm. who is another character in Dark Souls 1. And there there was a lot of stuff pointing to Solaire being Gwyn's son, but there were also a couple contradictions. So we'll talk about Solaire. He's the he's the meme. I'm sure you've seen plenty of like jolly cooperation memes he and stuff like boy. that. He's he's, he's the sunlight bro. So yeah. He's the he's the Dark Souls meme. Is hmm. Night Soul is Night Soul Lair. Praise the sun. Yep, praise the sun. The nameless king's soul description states he sacrificed everything to ally himself with the ancient dragons. This explains his betrayal of his father. And this also explains why everything was stripped of him and his name forgotten. He literally allied with the enemy that his father was basically putting everything on the line to fight <laughs> at a certain point. And I mean, I bet you that was tough on Gwyn, but I can see why he would wipe his name from history. If you want to present like, a, oh, we kicked their asses real hard, you know, kind of story. I could see why you kind of skip out on your son's betrayal yeah, <laughs> out of the will and everything. Yeah, basically I'm fucking, you're, you're not getting, getting a shit. shit. <laughs> the lightning storm description reads, which is a miracle you can craft using his soul. Once a slayer of dragons, the former, ki- former king and war God ter- tamed a storm Drake on which he led a lifetime of battle. This revealed that after he tamed his Drake, he decided to side with the dragons and leave behind his reputation. Hmm. The once respected warrior had turned into a nameless being. And, you know, you could think of a lot of reasons as to why he would betray his father. I like to kind of believe he's a god of war. He wants to fight. The dragons were basically wiped out. So how else are you going to continue fighting? Oh, I'll just ally with the losing side. And now I can fight forever. You know, I can fight until I either die or win at this point. Like, mm-hmm. I could see I could see him turning coat just to keep fighting. Mm-hmm. I just, assume the God of the Sun's probably pretty pretentious, so. I mean, Lord Gwyn is. You'll see. You'll He's very pretentious. You'll see exactly what he does later. <laughs> you know what, Dad? You're a dick. I'm going with the dragons. Yeah. <laughs> Because, I mean, honestly, they don't seem like they were that bad. They were just vibing, not doing much. I mean, there was nothing to do, though. What? The whole world was gray and dead. What are you They're supposed full- to do? You're just a dragon? Yeah, well, no one else really more. existed. Yeah. They were just kind of vibing. Yeah, no, yeah that's thing. what I mean. Like, what are you supposed to do? Just all dragon? people came in here and just fucked that up. Yeah, basically. Just trying to kill us now. It's fucked up. That's why we can't have nice things. No, they tried to kill. I'm assuming they attacked the dragons first. No, that's what I'm saying. No, like the dragons, did. like yeah. the, they're just, like out here trying to kill the dragons. Yeah. And they didn't even do nothing. Yeah. It's fucked up. Yeah, it is. However, he's not the only traitor during this war. Another being betrayed their own. Seath the Scaleless betrayed his own kind and tipped the favor of the war to the side of the lords. Seath is the next picture. Scaleless bitch. As you can guess. This? Yep. Seath had... No, no, no. The next picture. That's that's the Storm Drake. That's why I included that picture. That's the Nameless King on his Storm Drake. That is Seath the Scaleless. Trippy. He is a dragon. As you can guess by his name, he had no scales. Poor bastard. That very likely made him envious and resentful to the other dragons. He might have even been treated differently by the other dragons. 
I mean, it's hard to tell, but a lot of times in the lore, dragons are pretentious assholes. And if you know you're not as powerful as them, well, fuck you, nerd. <laughs> so like, I could see Seath being fucking bullied by yeah, the other dragons. Fucking baldy. He he doesn't have the scales that literally make him immortal. He doesn't have impenetrable armor. He will. He has a lifespan. Like Seath, compared to all the other dragons, is basically an enigma. He might as well be his own species. I could so, see, I could see him being treated differently. So did he not exist until fire happened? No, Seath existed. When, he just probably has a long lifespan. I thought life and death didn't exist before. No, but he didn't die. Could have had a long. Oh, I don't know. Honestly, on that one, that's What's a that? good. That's a good point in the lore where you know maybe I can find something on that. It could just be one of the many things in the lore that's not explained. There's a lot of stuff in Dark Souls lore, again, that yeah. we just don't know. Yeah. Um, and maybe Seath didn't come along until after the fire had formed. Maybe that's one of the first dragons that, you know, popped out after the fire was there. He looks cool as fuck. He is. Um, another reason for his betrayal of Seath not only possibly now, now, now he betrayed the dragons Seath right betrayed the dragons so like you guys want to kill us all yeah might as well right um, like what yeah well no there's well, I mean, another reason to me anyway so fuck let's kill all basically <laughs> but there is another reason um Gwyn promised Seath access to I know what it's called, but I don't want to say it until the, I find it in the fucking the, script. All the dragon ass you could want. Ah, there it is. All he, the dragon ass you could want. <laughs> he promised yeah, access to the Duke's archives, okay, which was a trove of precious tomes and letters. This would greatly appeal to Seath. As the Moonlight Greatsword states, Seath is the grandfather of sorcery, and this sword is imbued with his magic, which shall be unleashed as a wave of moonlight. Now, the way you get the the Moonlight Greatsword is by cutting off Seath the Scaleless's tail. You cut off his tail and you get the Moonlight Greatsword. So that Greatsword is a part of Seath, basically. Hmm. So you can, you can trust that that description is accurate. I mean, it comes from a piece of Seath himself. Hmm. So he's the grandfather of all sorcery. Having access to these archi- archives would not only grant him the ability to further study magic... It would also allow him to develop more sorcery, broadening his knowledge. So it's a pretty tantalizing deal. I mean, technically, you could argue, yeah, if you don't betray them, you can take the archives. But that's not always a guarantee. Gwyn could burn them before mm-hmm. you, you know, you actually wipe them out. Or if they win, then you don't have it. Also, your kind is already kind of being a dick to you, like. You know, there's a lot of reasons I could see Seath actually betraying his kind. Picture him as like the nerd dragon that yeah, like, like stayed just, inside all the time and like read just, books because like he couldn't go outside. Yeah, the sun it burns my scaleless body. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just gonna stay inside and read all these books, and I guess I'll discover magic. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> guess I'll discover magic. <laughs> On the battlefield, Seath put his sorcery to very effective use. By using weapons such as soul arrows, which are which read, are effective against iron armor, tough scales, and other physically resilient materials. This makes them perfect for piercing dragon scales. Soon after, the dragons could fight no longer. 
And although they were com- not completely wiped out, like I said, there are some dragons you can find in the game. There is an everlasting dragon at the bottom of that arch tree mm-hmm. that I said mm-hmm. in Dark Souls 1. There is an everlasting dragon there. You can also cut off his tail and get a sword. Basically, any dragon in the game, you can cut off their tail and get a sword. It's Pretty great. much anything with a tail, you can cut it off and no, get a sword. Basically, anything you encounter in Dark Souls, just kill. Yeah, well, yeah, but well, you, specific, tail, you specifically okay. have to cut off its tail. You have to do enough damage to it before you kill it to cut off its tail. Mm. Like the Hellkite Drake, which isn't a dragon, technically, uh, you can cut off its tail and get the Drake sword. You oh. can cut off seat the scaleless tail, get the moonlight great sword. There's uh, like that gargoyle you can get, like the halberd. The gargoyles, thing. technically, yeah. While not a dragon, you can cut off their tail and get a gargoyle tail axe, which is hilarious because it's a bendy axe. It's great. It's like you're fucking fighting somebody with a wet noodle with a fucking battle axe attached to the end. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm a Zweihander guy. Yeah. So, although they were not completely wiped out, their reign had come to an end. This paved the way for the rise of the gods in the Age of Fire. Woo. Following their victory, Gwen, Nito, and the Witch inherited this world that was left behind by the dragons. Nito descended into the catacombs and slumbered. The catacombs being named the Catacombs of Giants. You, you go there, because uh, at some point during the game, you kill all of these people. Hmm. You fight Nito, you fight the witch, you fight Gwen, you mm-hmm. fight like all of them. You get you because you need their souls. Mm-hmm. So he descended there, and using the Lord's using his Lord soul, he administered death to those in the world, and those who worship Nito travel to his tomb and become Grave Lord's servants aiding Nito in administering death in all possible worlds. You get some death, and you get some death. And <laughs> this is the this is one of the first things at least we will talk about that indicate there are multiple worlds in Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. Like, lore-wise, they are canon. These worlds exist. There are multiple chosen undead in multiple worlds. Just because time flows differently in Dark Souls, they all exist and don't exist at the same time. That's why you don't see them, but there are certain items that allow you to touch their worlds. And that's like the Grave Lord's Covenant, where you invade another player, kill them, and we'll talk about what happens after that. (laughs) They use an Eye of Death. That is the item they use to invade the worlds. And that that is how they seek and administer death. The text reads, The Dreadful Eyes of Death spread disaster across neighboring worlds. Phantoms lured to the host world may end up as victims, allowing the eyes of death to multiply and leading to further proliferation of the bane. The eye summons evil evil spirits in various locations to inflict death to its residents. Then, they take the eyes back to Nito, where he sleeps deep within the giant catacombs, quietly overseeing all death and waiting for his servants to usher in the eyes. So basically, after beating up the dragons, killing them all, Nito is like, I'm really tired. I'm going to go into these catacombs and take a eons long fucking nap and let all of my servants deal with all this death okay, while so, uh, I just kind of oversee it. So not only you know this, what I, I, that sounds like what something i do too yeah i know i mean if you if why why do i have to be the one to administer all the death if my servants will do it well, work your way up at a job and just be like the supervisor just every now and again but like just overlook shit yeah 
Me fought dragons. Everybody wants to have that situation. Yeah. I'll yeah. Win. Kill dragons. Yeah, I killed dragons. You guys can go kill your own people. Yeah. So like that's kind of what Nito's doing when we pop into the game. So. And that also, again, brings up the fact that, you know, it kind of ties in with the time being really weird in Dranglaic, or not Dranglaic, that's Dark Souls 2, um, mm. being weird in Lordron, which, you know, it doesn't flow at a constant rate. Some areas it flows forward, some back, and certain items allow you to manipulate that flow of time and pull you to other worlds, mm. which are where the, the extra chosen undead are. Triumphant against the dragons, Gwyn became the king of Lordron and lived alongside his clans of his clan of gods in the city of Anorlando. They continued hunting descendants of the dragons to keep them weak and feeble and give the lords practice to hone their fighting skills. Gwyn was very generous to most of those who helped him during the war, but not so much for humanity. His attempt to reward the pygmies was basically all just smoke and mirrors. It was a big trick. The small envoy banner reads, and this is uh, an item from Dark Souls 3. Again, a lot of humanity's lore came in 3. Because it kind (coughs) of, 3 kind of tried to tie a lot of the lore up. Because again, it was kind of thought to be the last game. Mm. Um, The small envoy banner reads, For the pygmies who took the Dark Soul, the great lord gifted the ringed city, an isolated place at world's end, and his beloved youngest daughter promising her that he would come for her when the day came. The true intention behind his gift for humanity was to isolate them at the end of the world. He put them in the ringed city and ensured that his youngest daughter would be there to halt the flow of time. That is her power. So he left them there trapped in the past to be forgotten by the world. That is what Gwyn gave humanity for helping him defeat the dragons. He literally tried to erase them from the world. Thanks, bro. That's a yeah. shitty job. What's my job? Stop existing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, don't worry, daughter. I'll come back for you. Okay. And uh, shocker, she's still there in Dark Souls Three when we go there. <laughs> so, well, I mean, it seems like an instant to her, I guess, since she stopped time. I guess, yeah. <laughs> also showing his fear of humanity, the Ring Knight armor reads: "The armor of early man, forged in the abyss." and betrays a smidgen of life. For this reason, the gods cast a seal of fire upon such armor and those who possess them. The smidgen of life refers to the sprite of humanity, that little black, you know, shard that we see in the game. And this gives power. This gives humans the power of the abyss. It, you know, it lets, it strengthens us. And so this brought fear to the gods as it threatened their reign, humanity's existence in of itself conflicts with their power. As, you know, light is weakened by darkness and darkness is weakened by light, it's, it's literally its natural enemy for the most part, although none, not one can exist without the other. With no light, there's no darkness. With no darkness, there's no light. Kind of. One could argue otherwise, but for the most part. So... Humanity's existence is an active conflict with the Age of Fire, the Age of the Gods. So the Gods cast a seal of fire on the Ring's Knights, and likely the rest of humanity, branding them with the Dark Sign. And I didn't send you a picture, but 
the dark sign is literally just a hole of black surrounded by a small ring of fire. Mm. And the ring night set is a cool, really cool looking piece of like full plate. And in the center, there's a bright red orange ring surrounded by a hole of black. Mm. So it literally looks like the dark sign. The dark sign signifies the undead and and represses their abilities. Mm. Those branded are reborn after death, but they one day lose their mind and go hollow. This decision, the one that Gwen made here to brand the undead, is later revealed to have far-reaching consequences that not even he could have predicted. For now, the world belonged to the gods. Um, Yeah, so that was awesome. That was some crazy... Like I said, I didn't know nothing about Dark Souls and like learning that about like the gods and shit like that, like or that they are gods and that they like took these souls and they have power and the dragon. It's it's cool. No, it's like very vague, just like what you said. Yeah. Like I said, the lore behind Dark Souls is immense, but you would never know any of this. Except, except for, for like that first paragraph where it, it because that there is a cutscene at the very beginning of Dark Souls where it shows Lord Gwyn and them having the souls and then you see Gwen throwing lightning bolts at the dragons and Nito, you see Nito's wave of death um, and but that's about it and then after that you kind of pop in and, and you gotta like go look for it yeah well it, it does guide you like and you you find a guy we'll talk about that like I said that's at the end that's like the yeah. very end of where I ended my script yeah um, and we are close to the end we just have Seath and Havel to cover after this oh yeah and then we actually start the game Hell yeah. So, but yeah, like Dark Souls has so much hidden lore <laughs> that, I mean, it's taken fans X years and you right. know, like f- four to piece games, it all together, four games to uh, piece most of it together. And even then, like Mike brought up, there are certain things that we just kind of don't know, or at the very least, I don't know. So if like you're with Seath and how he's immortal or how he, why he betrayed his dragons and like. Was he there before the fire came or did he come after? Because if he wasn't immortal because he didn't have scales, technically that would mean he could have died. And then there's life and death before the fire. You know, like there's there is stuff there to be questioned. But I just don't think we have the answers because nothing's ever said one way or another. If you were going to recommend someone to start with a game, where would you start? Lore wise or no, just just to play just to pick up the games probably three mm. dark souls three i think three three or no i wouldn't start at two i would start at three i really? recommend three because three is the is the newest one so a lot of the old kinks in like two and one were, were worked out uh, the boss fights in three are just really really fucking good yeah. at this point because like a lot of the boss fights in one were really lackluster um, although they were really hard, they weren't really hard for like good reasons. They were hard for like weird ass hitboxes and you know stuff like that. Um, Dark Souls Two kind of brought that in a little bit, where you know now you have some bosses that have multiple life bars. So like you deplete their life bar, it comes back, yeah. and now they're in a new phase. Um, and the DLCs in Dark Souls Two are just awesome. They are really good. But in three, they really hit the nail on the head with a lot of really good boss fights. They're challenging, but they're not challenging for stupid reasons. They're challenging because they are like hard. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes some skill to get through them. But it, they're not so challenging that a new player. And a lot of the challenging fights 
are kind of optional mm-hmm. too. Like the Nameless King, you could go through the whole game. Dark Souls Three, he's considered one of the hardest bosses. You could go through the whole game without ever seeing him. Hmm. He's an optional boss in an optional area, so um, you know you don't have to worry about him. But Three has more mechanics. It it just flows better. The combat's quicker. But it's not quicker in a bad way. Whereas in Dark Souls 1, it kind of feels a little clunky. Um, I really like Dark Souls 2, but that's not been reciprocated by the community. So How come? Story-wise? Boss-wise? Uh, they add, they change some certain things. Like uh, in Dark Souls 2, there's a stat called Adaptability. And Adaptability raises your agility. And agility not only determines how many invincibility frames you get when you roll... Because a big part of Dark Souls combat is rolling, and when you roll, you're immune right. to damage for so long. And Dark Souls 2, the base agility, your your roll only gives you six frames of invincibility, whereas I think in Dark Souls 1, it's like 20. So not only did they fucking nerf the roll into the ground until you get this stat higher, so a lot of people are like, well, I have to have this stat in every build, like, no matter what. It, I have to build this stat, which you don't. You can you can play without it. I do. I, I fucking can roll better in Dark Souls 2 than I can in 1 hmm. with minimum adaptability. It just takes getting used to. It's just different muscle memory. Yeah. I started um, with 3. I, then I played the remastered version of 1, and I haven't played 2, but I have it downloaded. 2's really good. The DLCs have some of the best boss fights that the entire Souls game trilogy or whatever you want to consider it offer. Um like the ivory king is such a good boss fight not only lore wise but also aesthetic wise actual fight wise and like the whole area is just so cool um it always to me the it's a, it's a beautiful game the one the sinned the slumbering dragon and one of the other dlc in dark souls 2 is considered one of the best dragon fights in the game only second to madir who's in the third game who is considered like one of the hardest bosses ever mm. and but one of the most fun to fight mm. apparently he's very satisfying i've never played the dlc in three mm. satisfying um, to fight yeah i've never heard of that <laughs> well we souls play are masochists so the harder the boss the more fun it is I <laughs> um enjoy the part i never like got done with the boss like oh, real satisfying. quick to end on a funny note i i didn't tell you this the other day i talked to uh our homie jt who we worked with back at an old job and he listens to the podcast and he ran into Bree, oh, which is no. grandma on the podcast right and he's talking to her he's like catching up with her and shit but then he starts talking about the podcast oh my and god appara- did you ask her if she still still sells sex toys <laughs> no i thought that's no, where you're going with this no he mentioned your name he started talking about like he said your name and she's like who she had no idea she has no and i was like when he said it to me it's so funny it's like i totally didn't even think about it he's like how the fuck do you not know who said this but you've been on this podcast i was like that is hilarious you guys have never met in like passing or something and apparently we've never said anything about it yeah, she funny. had no idea who you it. were i thought it was wow. so funny this is grandma for everyone who does I it. Most of the time she was on, just like right after you guys had Spencer and stuff. Who? Wait, what? I think I'm missing something here. Hold up. Bree? Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Like yeah. she she was on like 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 right after you guys had Spencer, so like you weren't here, but like her and Brian were here. Yeah. She would come with Brian and they would uh they would do an episode, but yeah, she had no idea there was another host on here called Seth. She's like, who? Yeah. <laughs> so I just thought it was funny. Yeah, I was 
I was absent for a little bit. It happens. No, I mean, yeah, it makes it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and you really didn't miss that much. <laughs> Fair enough. Like when it comes to episodes, it's not you didn't really miss all that much. Yeah, most of just shoot the shit anyways. Yeah, but yeah, uh, but yeah, Dark Souls. I'd recommend <laughs> three. Love the lore. Yeah, Love I, I might have to might have to get that one, and uh, start getting into the first like the the beginning of the series then too. Once I He's play not through gonna it, gonna play it. <laughs> I'll stream Dark Souls with you. <laughs> Let's do it. I'm down for it. Yeah, okay. I'll play it too. Uh, no. What? What do you mean no? No. You ain't gonna sit here and talk shit and then be like, oh, play this game with me. No, fuck you. I'll help you. Huh? I'll help you, buddy. Yeah, right. If it's anything like the 2K2022, the 2K I'll fucking have to help I you. I loved you bullying Wyatt the other night on 2K22. Oh, that was so great. I, had, I was literally like... You do play. No, he was playing and he was streaming it. <laughs> and Brad to our Discord was just and I was like, dude, him. I was like, do this. No, go uh, hold up. You gotta press this. Now no, go over there. Can you do the pick and roll? What the fuck is the pick and roll? Alright, when you come down here, press this button and this guy will be able to come over and then you do okay, now go around. No, now shoot it, shoot it. And he's yeah. just like, dude, Seth's just laughing his ass off and like, just like awesome. But it was working, dude. It did, it, it like, literally it fucking worked. Everything Brad said worked hundred percent. Got Wyatt the fucking buckets, got him the shots, got like and then fucking Brad stopped and Wyatt was like down to a C minus. Oh, we were over at fucking we were over at Toad's. He <laughs> we Toad pulls up his PlayStation Five. He's playing Two K Twenty Two. Logan grab. He's like, you mind if I play a little bit? Logan grabs the sticks. He has like two points. No, he, I remember it. it you had four points, three, <laughs> three rebounds, two assists. Three that's rebounds. Not the worst. He was on like twenty percent shooting. Okay, that's pretty bad. I was popping shots like a motherfucker. And then fucking Drew was just like, I'm going to have to grab the... He's like, give him to Brad. He's like, watch this. And fucking, I, I haven't even picked up... I haven't even touched a PS5 controller at all. So I've never even played. And uh, he had just got... Uh, he just given me the thing. I went up for a, a layup and I got fouled. Immediately pulled up, made the jump shot, and Drew just looks at him. He's just like, first shot he's ever taken. He makes it. Then I come up for the second free throw and I 100%. And he's like, second one, he 100% said. Because it. I, just, made, I missed the first 10, so you'd like make make the, the next 10. Yeah, that's yeah. not yeah, how no, that works. Yeah, yeah, I was I was just getting all the bad ones out of the way for you. Yeah, he missed. <laughs> by I, I the time that was, jar lid. Yeah, by the time <laughs> by the time the quarter was over, Drew had like twenty points. He was at fifty percent shooting, <laughs> and he was back up to like a B freaking. That's a solid game for him. All the days work, man. That yeah, was only in a quarter. Yeah, no need to thank me. No, it's just a test that those games like don't change. Yeah, they don't like. I'm not saying I'm fucking great at them, but like for the most part, when you're just playing basketball like a my player, basketball, like, yeah, when you're playing the my player thing often. and you're in the league trying to like come no. up and stuff, it's all the same. No, like, I am. I'm pretty. I'm pretty good. I just I had an off game, dude. <laughs> it was uh, yeah. So it was yeah. It happens. Brad, do the thing. Yeah, do the thing. It's been a great episode of Room to Talk. Uh, minus baby dick. What's up? Saying that he's gonna play Dark Souls with us because that's not gonna happen. <laughs> I'm Bud Walker. I'm Klosky. I'm Seth. I'm Logan. We'll see you next week, kids. Bye. See ya. Like, you're a work. Why are you why are you jerking off in the first place?